Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, everybody. The show about the show, the show within the show. We peel back the curtain on the DA show with this weekly podcast, which you could hear on the normal DA show podcast feed or the Permission Granted Podcast podcast feed both places you can find a download episodes of this podcast if you do we would appreciate you rating and reviewing it that will help others find it as well helps itunes other places pop it up a little bit so that when you're searching for it if you're a new listener or you're looking to find it and you want to download one episode or something like that pops it up higher in the search feed so thank you for leaving the rate and review portion of the podcast all right, Moraz, I'd like to know why today, Tuesday, November the 17th, 2020, Nancy Moraz was all up in our business. I mean, we clowned on you for a lot of things, but today we clowned on you for your dedication of sweatpants during pandemic, and she was all over both me and Bogus, I think even more so than normal. Yeah, it's a good point. I don't really know, and I didn't realize this either, DA, but there's a little bit of a follow-up story as well. My lovely mother was over with my father, obviously watching a little football on Sunday, and she have I have this notepad that uh, I've been using recently for my computer with my camera to rest on, and she wrote all sorts of notes that were supposed to greet me Monday morning, and a couple of them are be nice on air today, don't be a goofball, wow. do not make fun of everyone, uh, enjoy your hangover, love mom. So she wrote me this nice note. And I don't know, so if that's how she was starting Sunday into Monday, and that was all over you guys for making fun of me on a Tuesday, I don't know if this is her trying to get in the holiday spirit and is trying, you know, to teach everyone to be nice, but I'm not sure the DA shows for her if still she's got to this point 2020 and doesn't know that making fun of everybody is frankly just what we do. Well, a couple of weeks ago, what was it where your mom needed to get involved and she was upset that you were in the middle of everything again? Oh, that was a good point. What was that? I know she wasn't happy with us railing on Peter Schwartz at one point, but this is after that. 
Yeah, recently we were making fun of you, and then... Oh, maybe it was the reading? Was it the books thing again? Yeah, it was the college and the books thing, and you insisting that you want kids to read less, and you could have been the superintendent, and we made fun of you, and you made fun of Bilotti for being a teacher, and that if he could be a teacher, you could be a superintendent. And then Nancy jumped to your defense. That was recently one of the first times she had really laid into us pretty good. And I think she was upset at that point that we were not taking you seriously enough. And so Mm. when she was leaving you these notes on Sunday, maybe it was trying to coach you up into being a little bit less of a goofball on the air so that we took you more seriously. That could be, and and maybe she has some point to it, but, I mean, I, I am who I am, right? I mean, I'm going to be mature a little bit more now, a little bit more, but, I, I mean, part of being a goof, I've been a goofball since I was eight years old. You think suddenly, I'm, I, I like being goofy, I like having fun, I like laughing, so if she doesn't get that now, maybe she's not the mom for me, I don't know. <laughs> well, I can tell you this, you are not changing. Who you are is who you are, and it has got you this far, and you're certainly not going to suddenly be some type of buttoned-up, you know, closed-off, yeah. professional, diplomatic type of guy. That's just not who you are. Nor do I think, by the way, it would be necessarily good for the show and our listeners. I mean, we no, got... No, I don't... You're, you're buttoned-up enough. Do we need two buttoned-ups? No, I don't think so. And which is interesting that Nancy wants you to clearly maybe position yourself a different way. So so she's now invested in how people are perceiving you, which is interesting because, as you said, we've been doing this for eight years now. Why suddenly now does she want to reposition? Well, maybe also my mom is very chatty with her mom groups on Facebook and whatever else she does while she's home all day. Who knows what's <laughs> going on over there? The point being, you know, she shares a lot of the videos that the DA show put out, and my guess is... She, over the years, has been very proud of the work we've done in the show and that, you know, a part of the show where maybe more people are hip to the fact that I've been made fun of a bunch or I am a goofball. And now it's starting to embarrass her a little bit that she's turned other people onto the show and they're coming back at her with, wow, your son's really an idiot. Your son's really a dope or something like that. Mm -hmm. And maybe now she's having to cover up a defense. And now she's thinking long game here. The (laughs) best defense for her to have is to try to alter the way I am now. That's the only thing that could come to mind. Maybe she's getting some heat from whoever, uh, you know, is talking to her now about the show. Yeah, maybe that is it. Maybe does she listen to more of the show now based on us being in the mornings? Yes and no. So she's now, I guess she's on retired about 18 months now. So she definitely started listening. I mean, she listened enough, but way more where she was home. We taught her the whole, you know, how to turn on the Alexa, tell her to play CBS Sports Radio, that whole thing. So she would listen. But, you know, who knows? There's a lot going on between the hours of 9 and noon Eastern. Maybe she's in and out. I, my guess is she's up early in the morning every day. She has to let the dog out. It's a whole thing. She has her coffee or morning routine. And I think, you know, rather than watch whatever morning television she usually watches to her, she has her coffee and listens to the DA show because why wouldn't she? Her son is on a morning show. So why watch or listen to somebody else's morning show? So maybe she's way more locked in now, and now she's invested on a personal level even more so. And when she hears stuff goes on, she can't 
she can't comprehend and understand that I'm good with getting made fun of if I bring it on myself and also hides from the fact that I instigate a lot of this and throw bows at other people and she feels the need to defend that. She just got to come to grips. If you're going to be locked into the show, you have to separate your family love and understand what's going on. She texted you today and you screenshotted these texts and sent it to us. Right. If you go out, you look appropriate. Don't let them bully you. I weigh 110, and I wear yoga pants. Dress up yeah. to go grocery shopping. By the bogus. way, every, every, every sentence a guy wants to hear, their mom telling him they wear yoga pants. <laughs> she said, dress up to go grocery shopping. Bogish is an idiot. An idiot. That was a harsh word, a bogish. Said, of course those two of them, me and Bogues, wouldn't wear sweatpants. They are too bougie, spelling bougie, B-O-O-G-E-E, almost yeah. like it's boogie. Yeah, not doing herself any favors or me any favors spelling it that way, that's for sure. The sweatsuit, they aren't the fleece. No, if you go out, you look appropriate. Bougie, B-O-O space G-E-E. Wear a suit and tie tomorrow. Why do I listen to this show when the two of them always put you down? Always. Oh. Grr. They are alpacas, smelly and ugly. Oh. So this goes back to your frame picture of the alpaca from earlier in the morning, what we were discussing. So Nancy was just on a tear today. She was tearing into yeah. me, tearing into Bogues, and tearing into alpacas as well with a grr. And I just now, as I'm going through this, have found one more follow-up text she had said. And this really sums up the answer what we're looking for. I spelled bougie that way so I know you'd understand it. <laughs> so she's claiming she knows how to spell bougie, but I wouldn't know what the word bougie was unless she spelled it that way. There's something which is upsetting your mom. There's something that is bothering oh. your mom about maybe something outside of just the show, and we're just the trigger for it. Maybe. I don't know. If it is, she ain't telling me. As, as I said, I, I get oh, the only texts I get are either I'm getting bullied by DA and Bogish or send a picture of my granddaughter. That's the only time I really read my mom exchange <laughs> texts at this point. So I don't know what's bothering her. I really don't. Well, she mentioned in try not to have a hangover or something like that. Were you hung over going into Monday's show? No. Not at all, actually. I mean, I had a couple, uh, you know, like a couple beers watching a Giant Eagle game, but I, I am so paranoid about having any drinks on a Sunday ever since the post-Giant Cowboy fallout of being on the air Monday. So, uh -huh. no, uh, my days of drinking heavy on a Sunday uh, are officially over after that Giant Cowboy game. Yeah, a couple casual beers hanging out, but nothing like, nothing crazy. So why but, did know, she think you were going to have a hangover? Because in my mom's eyes, DA, and she does this with my sister's all, she thinks the moment you have a sip of beer, you're drunk. Like, that's it. And, and that's somebody, by the way, who, A, allowed a bar to be built in her backyard and drinks herself. But I guess because <laughs> it's her kids, you know, like, oh, no, he finished a drink. That's it. It's going to be a bad scene for him tomorrow. Like, Mom, listen, I'm 260 pounds. I think I can handle a couple Bud Lights. I'll be okay. You took a picture on Sunday and posted it on social media of you tackling a friend of yours on the couch. Now, this had happened after DeAndre Hopkins caught the Hail Mary from yes. the Cardinals. And you had clearly, well, you had won a parlay. That's what you said in your caption. Yeah, it was a nice Sunday. Yep. But it looked like you were really laying belly to belly on top of this other larger man. He's almost very large. as though you guys were 
like kissing cousins. It was almost as though he was lying on his back and you were full on your full weight on top of him, giving him some type of, of human blanket. What was going on there? Okay, so first of all, this person uh, is married to basically my extra sister, the girl who grew up across the street from my parents. So he, he is family now. Ironically, back in the day, he had a DA show tie-in. This was the famous Bayou Bear DA. Oh, that's the Bayou Bear? That is the Bayou Bear. Who, oh, nice. You know, obviously, friend of him, we have uh, we have grown extremely close. He, I consider him one of my brother-in-laws. We watch football Every Sunday together, he's a diehard Saint fan, has moved up back up from the bayou, took a job in New York pre-pandemic, so we see way more of each other now because he's no longer in the bayou. So that is the bayou bear, a very large man. He weighs almost 400 pounds, funny, witty, whatever. So what happened there is, and I could just tell you, me and him each week have spent anywhere between 20 or 25, a very small amount of dollars on like a crazy six or seven leg parlay no one will probably never hit, and we always joke around about it. And this week happened to be, we were all in a good mood. His Saints had won. The Giants had finally beaten the Eagles. It was a fun Sunday. And it came down to the Cardinal-Bill game, whether we'd finally, for the first time in 10 weeks, hit one of these crazy parlay bets you see on any one of these websites. And we had lost. We had the Cardinals straight up with no spread. We had lost the parlay. And just the idea that we had busted each other's chops all year that we're never going to win, never going to win, and it ends on a Hail Mary it, it, I think what happened there was just a natural moment of, like, he obviously was way larger than me to get up off the couch. It, it would have been one of those moments where a catcher jumps into the arm of a pitcher, putting mm. their arms up in a no-hitter or a perfect game. But because of his position, it ended up being a really fat, flapjack, belly-to-belly <laughs> picture. But it was all smiles and all happiness. And just the fact that that picture was captured in real time, I just thought in a year of, uh, you know, lousiness and unhappiness, to have a moment like that captured about sports bringing everybody together, as fat as the picture looked, I thought it was a nice picture. So I posted it. I thought it was a, it was a good way to spread some cheer. Well, that was a nice picture. So what does a $25 bet in a 16 parlay win you? Well, we ended up winning uh, 550 a person. Wow, really? Yes. Yeah, I'd have to go through all the legs of it. You know, a lot of it was tied to 1 o'clock. There were a couple of the 4 o'clocks. Oh, okay, there was three games at 4 o'clock, so it was four early. We had to have the Saints win outright and the Steelers cover 6.5, and And then, obviously, the Cardinals to win. So we were down to those three games, and obviously the Steelers ran away with it, the Saints ran away with it, so we we knew we were in good shape, and it was, oh, my goodness, we came this close. Wow, and And to win it on the Hail Mary, one of those memorable plays in NFL recent history. So I'm not going to be one of these guys where we do the stories where you're like, oh, wow, he won $30,000 on that play. No, it wasn't anything like that. It's still a really nice chunk of change to win, but it's the the thrill of it. Like, Could you imagine putting down 25 bucks, and it's like you need so many things to happen, and it comes down to a Hail Mary that hits? And on top of that, you're in a good mood because, you know, my Giants have won, his Saints have won. It was a really nice Sunday moment that was encapsulated in that picture there. Wow. All right. Well, that is a good Come on. moment. I mean, you know, I mean, you've, you've bet some football. Imagine that. Imagine it going on some crazy leg in a parlay. Oh, yeah. And a Hail Mary, the Hail Murray hits it for you. That's You're, you're going to go nuts. You're going to be like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this just happened. Yeah, you'd go nuts even if it was a fifty dollar bet and you won fifty bucks. Exactly. But if, you, if you won five hundred and fifty bucks because of sixteen parlay, that's awesome. Right before holiday time, it was it was a great feeling. It was a great and just not you know we always do it every week just to you know have some fun, but to hit it and finally hit it and hit on a hail mary, it was insanity. So that's going to pay for a lot of your Christmas gifts, although it's, you've lost a lot of Christmas money and losing. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We don't count what we lost. Da, that's a good. Oh, got it. <laughs> 
Now, in reality, did I win back probably everything I've lost this year? Probably close to it, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, either way, yeah, that's that's nice to spin forward to the Christmas fun. It was really, it was fun, man. I, You know, it, that, that's a fun Sunday. When, when, it caps, when the play of the day that everybody's going to talk about the next day also happens to be the play that turned everything if you were gambling on a football Sunday like that, that's a, I, I just, I really enjoyed it, and it made me appreciate you know, like, wow, yeah, we went five months without sports, and today was really, really awesome. That's the way I looked at Sunday. The feeling you pay for right there. Exactly. Being able to hug the Bayou Bear after yeah. a Hail Mary that because is, of a 16 leg Think about it. That's 660 pounds squished together on a couch. Wow. That is. <laughs> He's a four-spin guy? And has no problem admitting it, yeah. Four spin guy. Yeah, he actually also has uh, become the left tackle of the young guns now that he's moved back. Oh, to. really? We, we invested. How's kind his of footwork? Like, very good. Can pull to. Uh, has a lot of Munoz in him. Does. The hands uh. are quick and everything like that. Uh-huh. So, yeah. This is the kind of guy, though, you know, he, you know, where I make a couple drinks, my mom's writing about a hangover. He could put down 30 white claws and you'd have no idea he drank. So that's kind of the, the situation there. A clip from the show, my Joe Judge compliments. I thought that Joe Judge really deserved me to to applaud him on Monday because the Giants have had their brains beaten in for years, and then this year they've been losing all these tight, close games because of one brutal player turnover and the fact that they're competitive every single week and finally turn the corner on the Eagles after an eight-game losing streak. I thought, you know, this is a real... This is a real con- this is a real compliment to Joe Judge and this is what he has brought to the table. So I I did the segment where I thought that he deserved a lot of credit. Well, one of the Giants Twitter handles, not the official Giants Twitter handle, but a fan Twitter handle retweeted uh-huh. the video of it all day yesterday. My Twitter at mentions are blowing up. People yeah. watching the video, thousands of views, hundreds of likes, and the one thing that I was surprised at Number one, it's interesting that just we, we put out so many videos. It's interesting what ones catch. But I think Giants fans are so dying for some compliments because we've been everybody's been bagging on them forever that it's a nice little switch when you know a national show will give you love. But also, number two, I kept getting people that said they have plenty of talent because I had said in the clip, you know, they've got no talent and yet Joe oh. Judge is doing this. Plenty of talent, plenty of talent, plenty of talent. And I don't know, Mraz, you, you watch no. the Giants far closer than I do. Do they have plenty of talent? Did I miss on that? Because I got Giants fans all up my butt all day yesterday. Well, that's an interesting place for them to be. But I will tell you, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I think when you, when you talk about no talent, I think it's kind of like a weird line. Like the Giants are obviously don't have the talent of other teams and need to add to that talent. But I think what's happening here and what's evolving as the second half begins is you're starting to realize that some of the guys that you were hoping would have talent, like young players, their talent is developing. So really, you just have to strike a chord with Giant fans where what are you considering talent? Like, yeah, they have a bunch of guys on defense now that are starting to get it, starting to fly around. Like Leonard Williams, you would have thought to be talentless, or Dexter Lawrence was young, uh, Dalvin Thomas. And now all these guys seem like they found their talent, so they have one of the better D-lines, one of the best front threes in football so they have guys with talent they don't have nearly enough talent to go compete with the saints or any of these other teams and they're clearly playing above that so i don't think that anybody should be coming at you i think your your take was accurate i think what's weird about it is a lot of the guys they have should still be there and will be guys maybe at this time next year you're saying they have a ton of talent if that makes any sense 
Yeah, I mean, I could see that if this time next year we realize, oh, this guy turned into a Pro Bowl caliber player. Right. This guy right. turns into a, this is going to be the, the starting safety for 10 years or something like that, or five years or something. Okay, I could see that. Right now, you'd be hard-pressed to me to say right. the Giants have talent. I would say right. that in the division, clearly they're the third or fourth most talented team, so they're either last or second to last to Washington. And in the NFC, I don't know. They've got to be, to me, bottom five talent in the yeah. NFC. No, I, I completely agree with you. I think what what's weird is people find a weird thing with the literal term talent. Like, of course some of these young guys are talented. Of course they have some talented wide receivers. Of course Daniel Jones has talent, but... When you think talent at the quarterback position, you're thinking Patrick Mahomes, you're thinking Kyler Murray. They, you know what I mean? So I, I think it's just where people define the word talent. I am with you 100%. I'm a Giant fan that watches every game multiple times. I don't think any Giant fan should be crushing you. You have to observe this from a league perspective, but it doesn't mean the guys on your team don't necessarily have talent. It's just in the scope of where that talent necessarily has matured to compared to the rest of the league. Hmm. I hope I explained that right. I Yeah, no, I think, I think you did. It's interesting that... Boy, Giants fans, they are ready for anybody to say anything nice about them, huh? They are. They are. It, it, this is, it's crazy time now because now you're starting to realize, and you brought up all those great points about Joe Judge, what a head coach looks like and how big a difference it was from Tom Coughlin then to get the Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer. And just the idea that even if they weren't in the NFC race, 3-7 and seven does not feel like 3-7 and seven because the team plays hard every week. What have, what have we always said about Bob the Deli, man? He just wants an honest three hours effort. He's getting it now. And now everybody's happy. Giant fans are happy. The wins, you're going to want them to come in the next couple of years. But division or no division this year, at least they're a watchable product every week. Yep, they're watchable. And they're impressive because when you when you lose and you get beat on crushing last-second drives or turnovers or field goals, you know, you have a – tendency to let down the next week that you fought so hard all week you did everything right and then the next week you just don't have it again because it didn't pay off dividends the fact that they could keep losing like that and then still play as hard as they do means that he's got them in a no quit zone which is a very rare zone to be in very very rare it's just a happy place and if and if the giants and the dolphins happen to be the ones who have figured out a way to change the stigma of patriot coaches coming off the belichick tree i'm more than glad that it's one of my teams that found one of those guys finally is geo growing a mullet what's going on with the geo the boomer and geo because geo used to of course host on cbs sports radio prior to us in the mornings two shows before us in the mornings but i see that he's growing a a mullet, and some people are getting upset about it, like his callers. Yeah, so obviously with Boomer and Geo being on the same time as us, I listen to them way less than I used to be. But I see the clips online. I see all the stuff on Twitter, and I don't think that's fake hair. I think he's going full Joe Dirt there because he hasn't gone to the barber shop, I guess, during the pandemic, even okay. when the barber's reopened. Okay. But And maybe because of that, he's turning the, the, the mullet into a thing. But see, I've told you, bald is in now. So to go the opposite of bald with a mullet... I don't think it's a good look for him, and I think the listeners should be all over I can't tell if he's doing this ironically, though. Is he doing this to make I, people well, upset? I don't think he meant it to be. I think my guess is based on, again, I'm not listening to them live. My thought is that he's doing it. He did it thinking maybe it'll be funny. Maybe it won't, but I don't mm. think he expected backlash that people would be angry about it. I think he <laughs> figured it would be kind of like to take his sign from PGP, swing or a miss. But well, I don't that, think he expected 
vitriol. I think that's vitriol. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's what's very weird about this. Could you imagine being upset at how somebody wore their hair? That I don't understand. No. Why is it any of your business how people wear their hair? That you would actually get angry at it? Like a mullet's going to offend you? What does that even mean? Mind your business. Mind your business. Have fun with your hair, dude. <laughs> So Connor Green ended up doing Going Green, which was a takeoff of Canadian yes. Bacon with all things that were green, players and teams like Green Bay and the Tulane Green Wave. So are you going to profile his yes. his twist on things here? So we have a lot. This is a big thing. We usually have Andrew Bogus coming up on side B. We're, we're probably still a week or two away from going back to swing or a miss, as I just talked about. But the deal with Connor Green here coming on, I want to talk about all things being green, but also DA. He's now the producer of Sunday Morning Freaking Football. Yeah. I, A, want to congratulate him on side B, and B, I want to pick his brain and see if he's ready to really take on essentially a full-time producing role for you from the guy who sat here and had to produce for seven years and also maybe a little temperature check to make sure he's not coming for my job. I think that's a good idea because Connor's a young up-and-comer and he's a threat to everybody, obviously. Now that Ryan Hickey has exited, now remember that that my producers for Sunday Morning Football have ranged from Tom Benedetto, who is the producer of Writer Than You, James Ward, who was our producer for the evening show when we were doing evening 6 until 10 p.m. Eastern time. And now we've had Ryan Hickey in that seat, and Hickey was only here doing it for this season. So he only made it like 9 or 10 yeah. weeks. Quick, quick hook. Quick but you've hook. said, now he got a promotion to a he full-time did. job. He did. But you have said that everybody prior to him has reached out to you to say how to deal right. with DA. Yeah, there have been people or every, all those names that you rattle off, at least at one point or another, that reached a little bit of a breaking point, whether it was frustration not getting a guest, expectations you had, just to bounce something off my chest to see if they were going crazy. And I've had to you know, basically tell them, look, I, I have the, the secrets to the DA sauce, and I still haven't figured them all out. So I give Hickey credit, but again, if you've reached a full season I hadn't heard from you, i give you more credit. And I think getting ahead of this with Connor Green would probably be in his best interest. You think that he needs to get well, a little bit of a tutorial early? Yeah, pick my brain. What do you think's going to happen, Connor? Because you have very high expectations. And somebody with so little lack of talent to steal the earlier from the PGP and ability like me at the producer position to be able to deal with it for seven years, I'm the perfect person to get ahead of the game with. <laughs> so you're going to just please don't ruin him. Oh, I believe me. He's Connor's a good kid. Un he's Connor's good unruinable kid. and he's a good kid, but now the lights are on. So we have to see what's coming. <laughs> Well, he gets his first crack at it this week, and we'll see. You know, coming off of Archie Manning, we had some juice last week in Ryan Hickey's final episode booking. So we'll see if Connor can rise to the challenge. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what Connor rattles off. He needs a good four-game win streak to back up what happened with Archie Manning for sure. But the lights are on. They're bright. People know what they're getting in those two hours of Sunday morning football. But can Connor take it to another level? Because it's not just about steadying the ship. When you hire a Connor Green, people have been waiting because they think Connor's going to take shows to the next level. Right. Can Sunday morning football be even better with Connor Green? That well, is that, the expectations put on him. That's the funny part about this reputation that I have of being demanding or exacting. We have used Sunday morning football as a very notable show on the network because it's cleared in so many places and it's your pregame show before the NFL 
gets to its network pregame shows on Fox and CBS and ESPN. So it it kind of folds into it. So it's it's a really important show for the network from a clearance perspective. So I've always said, like, let's not we can control a lot of things, you know, the segments that we do and mm-hmm. the topics that we talk about and the, the sound that we have and the highlights that we play. But the one thing that we really also need to deliver is good guests. And yes. so instead of just having a beat writer on from, you know, the Times Picayune or something like that, I want to make sure that we have a former player or somebody that people note. We only have to book 20 of these. There's 20 episodes per year, every regular season game within the playoffs. So let's make sure that they matter. Let's make sure that they count. So that's the level of guests that we need to get every single week for the show, I think, is what has driven producers batting. I don't think it's necessarily you know, working around my wants or, or, or dislikes or something. It's more along the lines of, can you land right. a notable former player every week for 20 weeks? And, and it's tough. And I got to be honest, I'm not trying to pick on those guys. I don't know that I'd be able to either, but I, I guess I'm the only, if you will, person they could turn to to talk to because at least I deal with you five days a week. But I, I totally understand those expectations, and it can't be easy. And I'm very thankful that I haven't been asked to be a part of something. <laughs> football, to be completely honest. All right, well, Connor Green, after going green, his, yes. uh, his segment earlier today is now the subject of Side B. Here he is. All righty, howdy, do-do-do, and welcome into Side B of the PGP. It is Mraz, host of Side B, Andrew Bogish, the bogeyman, getting a PGP off. You just heard on Side A, the tease. It ain't easy being green. Connor Green is with us this morning on the PGP. Connor, hello. Hello, Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Connor. I'm doing great. You seem to be doing better, uh, so let's just get right into it. Obviously, you had, during the pandemic, become a bit of a fixture on the DA show in many ways. And people liked you. You worked hard. People respected you, especially around our show. I can't really say the same for the other CBS Sports Radio shows. They might have hated you. We liked you a lot, and you worked your way up. So much so that my once-proud Canadian Bacon segments are now basically becoming... Uh, alternative bits where you're doing stuff like uh, guys with the last name of Green and their highlight packages, which, by the way, we can get to in a second, were pretty funny on a Tuesday DA show. But more importantly, Connor, you have stepped into a role with DA without Pete the Body, without myself, without the Wizard of Watch DA, Andrew Kaplan, although he might be a part of it on Sunday, and now I'm being an idiot if I'm misremembering. You are now going to be the producer of DA's Sunday morning football every Sunday during the football season. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you very much. Second of all, are you more excited or nervous that at least you're going to be attached to some sort of a show with your name on it for the first time in your career, uh, basically on like a full producing level? I am excited, although I do have to say I'm a little bit nervous because... You know, when I was explained, when it was explained to me how the shift would operate, I was told that booking a, a pretty high-quality guest was something that was a fixture on Sunday morning football. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that gives me a little bit of nervousness because I can do all of the other things, I think. Like, I've done most of that kind of similar stuff before when I filled in for you or when I filled in for other shows. But the one thing you don't get a ton of experience at when you're part-time, is booking guests. So to try to book like a high-profile person is a little bit difficult when you don't have a ton of contacts. 
So I've been doing a lot of reaching out, a lot of emails. I've been going into people's Twitter DMs. So I'm hoping oh, that boy. I'm able to land somebody at least pretty decent for DA on Sunday. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's basically where we finished on side A of the PGP. DA will wave the banner and tell you the hardest part of Sunday morning football. The thing he asks the most is just to find a pretty good former player as the guest. That's kind of a staple. And I will tell you, Connor, uh, being personal experience, I have never once done a Sunday morning football show. Have I booked a guest for Sunday morning football? Yes, I have. I went through a couple weeks where I had to put a couple in a row. Just periodically, just because I might get pitched stuff that the timing doesn't work for our show live during the week, but it might work for a taping for Sunday morning football. But for the most part, Sunday morning football has had nothing to do with me. But before Ryan Hickey in the first nine weeks of this year, anybody who's produced that show, some of them I consider better at the actual producing, has at one point, sometimes multiple points, contacted me to vent because DA has <laughs> worn on them or they've been stressed out about it. So you're saying you're stressed out about the guest part, everything else. Do you think because of your prior relationship with DA that he will be more hard on you, less hard on you? And do you predict a phone call coming my way at some point for some stressful situation you're in? I think he'll be equally as hard on me as he has been on the other producers. And I feel like because I've worked with DA before, I kind of know what he's looking for. So maybe there won't be as tough of like a transition to working with him on the weekends. So I don't think I'll have to reach out and, you know, maybe ask you how I can deal with the guy. I feel like I've done it enough with DA. I've produced enough for him in the last, you know, three and a half years that I've been here that I should be all set with dealing with DA. It's just the guest thing. And you know what's the real killer is Ryan Hickey last week, of all the people that he could have booked, you know, he couldn't have given me some low-level guest. He had to go out with Archie Manning. Yeah, it was a good one. That's the I killer. Was even, even last week when DA teased that Archie Manning would be on Sunday Morning Football, I dropped on air on the DA show. Whoa, I didn't <laughs> see that coming. I didn't see that coming. It's a big spot. So I will just tell you this, Connor, and, I'm not, and we know we've inflated your head enough. I think you're screwed because there's almost too much expectation on you. You're you're kind of like the Jets tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Sunday Morning Football might have tanked for a Connor Green you're one of these prospects that comes up every so often where there might be some unknown. We're like, okay, yeah, I think this guy could be pretty good. The expectation is that you're going to be a great producer and really kind of skyrocket here. So now that DA knows that and has his fingertips on you, I think he might even be harder on you because he expects more of you. And thus the light is so bright in your eyes. Can a Connor Green handle stress? Will you be Eli Manning unflappable? Or will you be Jake Cutler wilting somewhere in between? How does a Connor Green handle now the pressure of basically the legend that's been built for you, the statue that's been built for you, before you've accomplished anything? I don't know. That's tough. And I think you might be thinking maybe I end up like a, uh, you know, somebody like Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jets and you just, you're just stuck with something where the expectations are so high that if you don't, like, win a Super Bowl, then it goes out the window. Kind of like what happened with Andrew Luck where – he did really well, but he never won a Super Bowl, and right. people kind of gave him too many expectations, too high of an expectation, and then he didn't deliver, and even though he was good, maybe it wasn't good enough. So I'm worried maybe that might be the case. However, I feel pretty confident that I've sent you know, a good amount of feelers out there already on guests. I think the, the stuff outside of that i should be okay with it's mostly similar to when i'd fill in for you and do a topic sheet and get sound similar to what i was doing during the pandemic so i should be all set on that 
But maybe maybe you're right where I come in like Andrew Luck and, oh, you know, I don't book, you know, an A-list guest right away. And it's sort of like, hey, I thought you were supposed to be this great producer. Like, what happened? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely on the table. And if I could give you any advice, again, take it from somebody who hasn't actually worked Sunday Morning Football, but in the idea of helping other people with guests. Sunday Morning Football, to me, the the strength you can have as far as looking ahead for former players and what they might be able to talk about I think you really need to be two, three weeks ahead of the time with ideas as far as take a peek at that NFL schedule, the college football schedule. Know the big games that are two, three weeks from now and have an idea, have a list. Okay, uh, you know, let's just take it. The Bucks have a big game coming up for the Packers. I know it's already happened. Hmm, what, who's a famous bow? You know, can I find a Derek Brooks or something like that? Because this might be a big game. We could talk about that. You know, I, n- don't wait until, you know, six days before and then you're in scramble mode because you might strike out a couple times on a big guest and you can go down that line. I'm a big fan of a once-a-week show like Sunday Morning Football, knowing that it's football-oriented, being two, three weeks ahead in the mindset of what guests you'll need. That might be a good way to go about it, and I think I probably will do that moving forward. Um, you know, I, I found out that I was going to be working this shift like last Monday, so yeah. I didn't have a ton of time to try to get that two-week notice preparation, and I wasn't totally sure how everything worked with the show at that point. But I think you're right, because you don't want to be stuck behind the eight ball where it gets late in the week, you don't have anybody, and then you're just kind of scrambling, and then you end up booking somebody that, you know, might not be the worst, but isn't exactly the best maybe right. that you could have done. You have to get ahead of it. So I think I'm going to start doing that. I have looked at the schedule and try to find some of the big games that are out there and maybe some of the guests that I at least have some avenue to contact them with, whether it be, you know, an email that you find um, or through Twitter or through a publicist. I've been looking at some of that to see maybe who I can get. So I think you're right. I think if I, if I go into it thinking two weeks ahead of time, maybe three weeks ahead of time, I think it's a lot easier to do it that way than to just scramble a few days in advance. That is that is my advice to you. It absolutely is. Now, before we tackle any easy being green or whatever the heck the Canadian bacon was that we <laughs> did here on Tuesday's show, let me also bring up when James Ward was the producer of Sunday Morning Football, Ward came in and he would do the college football picks on the DA show and kind of would be a uh, avenue to preview what was coming up on Sunday Morning Football. It was a good tie-in. DA did extend that invite to one Tom Benedetto when he was producing Sunday Morning Football. And Tom Benedetto declined that invitation to the DA show to do picks. He just felt picks weren't his strength, weren't his strong point. Maybe on the air necessarily wasn't his strong point, although I think he's doing a pretty good job chiming in on writer than you now on CBS Sports Radio. Then from there, we didn't even get into it with Ryan Hickey this year because after D-Ben turned it down, we went through a he who should not be named and Super Dave doing college picks. Super Dave is on year two. Could there be a spot next year where Connor Green tries to go back to the James Wardwell and flexes his on-air muscle back into the DA show on a Thursday or Friday with college picks next year? Would that be something you'd be interested in? I think it would. I'm not the biggest, admittedly the biggest college football fan, so I would really have to start you know, getting more into right. the big games and everything like that. I'm more of an NFL guy. But if it's college picks that would be on the table, I, I would guess that wouldn't be this year. But if I'm still doing this by the time next year when mm-hmm. the show kicks back off again, um, I would absolutely be willing to do it. I was not even aware that that was something that was done before well, uh, Tom D. Benedetto because I think Ward left about a year into when I started. Right. 
So I wasn't totally aware of that, but yeah, I would, and and I'd be more focused in on college football, so that would definitely be something I'd be interested in. Well, that's a great answer, because that shows initiative. I can't tell you what DA would want. I was just letting you know that, and B, that's why you come to me, because I'm an almanac of all things DA show. I basically know the whole history, and DA seems to forget things a year and a half afterwards (laughs) anyway. You could bring that up, but he'll remember every time I haven't read a book. So that's neither here nor there. So anything you need to pick my brain on, Connor, congratulations on the Sunday morning gig. Uh, that's why I did want to have you here to you know kind of see where you were going. It seems like you're pretty confident, although you're realistic, realistically not cocky with the doubts about the guests, which I kind of appreciate too. You seem to be even keeled, and I think you're prepared for it. Now, as far as Canadian bacon goes, this is now twice you've been able to parachute in on the DA show. You did a Maxion Canadian bacon when I was out sick with the Taylor flu last week. This week you do something all things green. Are you still uh, basically happy to do Canadian bacon, or do you think that the DA show ideas for what to do with Canadian bacon are running dry? I really enjoyed doing Canadian bacon, and this was an interesting one, and so was the Mac one last week, because when we were doing the, the NHL playoff Canadian bacon, it was a little bit easier to find sound from the games, to find you know post-game quotes. John Tortorella was always like an easy post-game quote to yep. go to. He always had good stuff. So it was a little bit easier for me to like know, generally speaking, how I would get some sound and you know how I would cover the certain games that I wanted to cover. The Mac one was pretty tough because I had to find radio calls of these games because I wasn't able to do the TV calls. So I kind of had to go to the websites and I had to, to see if I could find the radio calls after the fact. So that was a little bit tougher, but I liked it because I had to be a little bit creative with it. And then today... When I was doing the Going Green Canadian Bacon, I had to try to find a college football player or an NFL player with the last name Green that did something. And because we have no basketball, we have nothing else on right now besides college football and college uh, and the NFL. So my first reaction was, okay, let's hope A.J. Green has like a big week. (laughs) A.J. Green had five targets, no catches, no yards. And I was like, okay, well, I got to find somebody else. And then I found that guy, Donovan Green, who really did come through with two touchdowns, his only two touchdowns of the season. So then I was able to write something about that. And the Green Bay Packers one was a little bit easier and the two-lane green wave. You did the Packers and the two-lane green wave. So the Donovan Green, I'm just curious, did you just Google the last name Green in football and hope that something would pop up? Is that how you found out? Because I can't imagine you just brought up the college football, you know, not being knocked in. I can't imagine... Wake Forest in North Carolina, you locked into every snap, and you saw this on Saturday. No, I wasn't locked into that at all. So I Googled, like, athletes with the last name Green, and then I got, like, the sports reference page of all professional athletes, like, ever with G as their last name. But a lot of these guys had retired and stuff, so I was like, okay. And then I went to ESPN, and then I just typed in the last name Green and then sorted by players, and then I rifled through a bunch of different guys. A lot of them were defensive players or guys that had stopped playing a couple years ago. And then I clicked on Donovan Green, and Donovan Green was a godsend because not only was Donovan Green an active player, but Donovan Green was an active player that had a huge game on Saturday. So Donovan Green was really the big-time savior for me on this uh, going green Canadian bacon. Donovan Green changed grown green on Canadian bacon. I'm going to go buy myself a Donovan Green jersey, I think. Enjoy that, Connor. (laughs) Connor, what what is your Twitter handle for the world to follow you on your guest quest here for for Sunday Morning Football? My Twitter handle is at Connor underscore Green 51. Yep, yep, 51, just like a linebacker. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MarazCBS. Have a great week. T 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.